Mark My Words Football Podcast with Rob and Scott. And welcome to the show that won't quit Baker Mayfield, the show that believes in backup quarterbacks, and the show that trusts in the magic of momentum. And speaking of momentum, we now go to a team that certainly seems to have a lot of it, the Green Bay Packers, as they defeated this week the Kansas City Chiefs by a score of 27-19. Scott, what were your thoughts after seeing this game? I mean, well, I think all that there is to say about this is that this Packers playoff train, it is full steam ahead. We're all on board. Hope you're on board already because we sure are. We're the conductors here. We're leading this train, and it is it is going. It's chugging along, and nothing's going to stop it. Yes, 100%. And I may be jumping the gun on this, but I can't resist that I predicted this game last week as my underdog lock. I got it right. And this was just a beautiful game from start to finish. This is one of those games that they they should completely finish it all the way through, start to finish, just a complete team effort. Come out of the gate swinging, you get the ball, you get a touchdown, foot on the gas, 14 points in a row, holding the Chiefs to field goes on defense, and you close out the game very strong. Just really nice to see a complete team performance all across the board in all four quarters. Absolutely. And when I think about Jordan Love's game, this game, he looks so much more confident than he did in weeks past. I'd come on here in weeks and talked about how shaky he looked and how unconfident he looked in the pocket. He looks so poised right now. He is fitting the ball into extremely tight windows. Like several times over the past couple weeks watching this team, I'm just like, holy cow, look how tight a window he just fit that ball in. That was insane. Yeah. Like he's finally hooking up with Christian Watson on a consistent basis for big plays. He's He's out there with Dobbs. He's hitting all his receivers. Like, the ground game is churning pretty well. Like, the defense is doing what it has to. Like, as suspect as I think we know it actually is, it's doing its job. It's doing more than it than it needs to. And this offense is playing great right now. Yeah, the defense really showing out of two impressive performances in a row, especially the pass rush against two of the top five offensive lines in the NFL against the Lions and the Chiefs. And the Packers sacked Mahomes three times in this game. Mahomes, before this game, was only sacked 14 times for the whole season. The Packers had a 27.3% pressure rate on Mahomes. Mahomes' last few games, he had a 7.1 pressure rate, a 4.5 pressure rate, an 18% pressure rate, 15% pressure rate, and 7.1. This 27.3 is the highest pressure rate that he's faced all year, and are just a really good job by the Packers' defense in this game, forcing them to field goals to start the game when the Packers' offense was scoring touchdowns. This Packers' defense really contained the Chiefs the entire game. And I I know at the end of the game, it's going to be marred and it's going to be attempted to be taken away from them by those calls. But there's no mistaking that throughout this game, anyone that watched it could clearly see the Packers were the better team in this football game. And this win should not be marred by any silly referee calls at the end. Absolutely. And looking forward to this team's schedule, like we've talked about in previous weeks, they've got a cakewalk to the finish here. Yes. Like, they should be able to sleepwalk their way into the playoffs here. Like, if they can keep up the type of production that they have these last two weeks, like, they could be a, a favorite to upset or a sneaky favorite to upset in wildcard round. Yeah, I would 100% agree. And this is a team that nobody wants to face if they're playing this sort of football right now. I mean, if you look at they're the number seven seed, they would face the Niners. But if they were able to get up to that number six seed and face the Lions, I don't think the Lions want to see this team at all in the in the playoffs in the wild card round. And not after last week, 
Yeah, for sure. And it's like this Packers team just has a ton of momentum, and Matt LaFleur really seems to be getting in a nice groove here with his play calling. I was really impressed the entire game how he was able to get Dylan really going in that offense against a good Chiefs defense and seeming to get all the Packers receivers in play. I mean, we got to see the best of all of them. We got to see Watson and his explosiveness. We got to see Dobbs and his clutchness on third down. We got to see Wicks and his big size. I know uh, Collinsworth really liked Wicks in that game. And, I mean, just a complete and full team performance here. And to your point with Love, he's not playing it safe anymore. Like, at the beginning of the year, I think he was kind of being babysat. And after the bye, after really the the Vikings game, he's just gone on a heater because they've actually let him loose. And, like, yeah, it was ugly to start. But now that the more that he's actually, like, getting more comfortable with it, he's actually looking like like a legitimate guy and is leading a lot of fans to believe that we have found the next quarterback for the future. 100%. And he's doing this with, like, the youngest receiving core in the league. This is what I really love about this team this year. And I, I think last year, going back to why didn't we didn't why we didn't um, succeed, was I think the Rodgers being there was just kind of a mix match. Like the team was going uh, in a different direction than he was. Like this is a really young team. All of these guys are first, second year players on the offense, and they're all learning and growing together. They're all experiencing growing pains. So every game, there's going to be a mistake. There's going to be a throw that Love makes that you're going to be like, why? There's going to be a drop that you're going to be like, how? But they're not pointing fingers. They're not rolling eyes. They're not yelling at each other. They're just they're growing together as a team, and that has just been really nice to see. And now we go on to the NFL's clown of the week for week thirteen. Everybody loves a good clown, and now it's time to meet the NFL's clown of the week for this week. And this week, the clown of the week in the NFL is Cincinnati Bengals wide receiver Tyler Boyd. So in this week's Monday Night Football game, it was a tie game at 21-all when the Bengals attempted a trick play with a pass from Tyler Boyd. This pass was one of the worst throws I have ever seen, just lofting it directly to the other team where Josh Allen was able to easily intercept it like no one else in the area and put them in great range to score on the 10-yard line. That type of throw looked like you were throwing the ball to your six-year-old brother in the backyard with the amount of strength he put behind that. You couldn't have gotten an easier ball to intercept for Josh Allen. Just absolute ridiculousness. Like, that could have easily lost them the game. If Lawrence hadn't got injured, maybe it would have. <laughs> for a throw like that, just that boneheaded of a play, Tyler Boyd, you're the clown of the week. And now on to our NFL quarterly tiers. So one of our favorite segments here is the NFL tiers, in which we rank all the NFL teams, not according to the standings, not according to the power ranking system, but a tier system. So we have five tiers that we rank our teams in, starting with the heavyweights. And these are the best teams in the NFL, the cream of the crop, the creme de la creme. And these are the teams that should go to the Super Bowl. And if they don't, it will definitely be a disappointment. The midweights are teams that are very much contenders to go to the Super Bowl, but for one reason or another have some key weaknesses that we think probably will lead to them not just falling short, but they certainly could make it if everything went right. Then we have the fringe contenders, who on maybe the top end of it could upset a couple teams in the playoffs and make a pretty decent run, 
but on the lower end of it may end up missing the playoffs. These are teams that have something missing in their system key to them being a legitimate contender. And then we have the mediocres, who are just all-in-all mediocre teams with not much going for them. And then the bottom feeders, who have nothing going for them, and at the absolute bottom of the barrel in the NFL. And it is there that we will start with the bottom feeders tier. So Scott, who did you have in the bottom feeder category? So this week I have four teams in the bottom feeder category, and that is New England, Carolina, Chicago, and the Giants. And I had in my bottom feeder category the Panthers, Patriots, Giants, Jets, Bears, and Commanders. So off of your list there, like really the only thing that sticks out to me is the Commanders. So I'm all curious about them. You've been high on them like pretty much the entire year. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. When they sold the farm, selling uh, their two best pass rushers, that for me was when I kind of gave up on them being any sort of sneaky, kind of frisky team because it seemed like they were giving up as well. So I think this is a team that recognizes that they have a good franchise quarterback, and certainly they do, but they realize they're also a long way from being a contender, and they're just trying to gather pieces right now. And if you look at their last few games, I mean, they just got destroyed, putting out, allowing 45 points in their last two games, 45 to the Cowboys, 45 to the Dolphins, and then 31 to the Giants. You're getting crushed, blown out in three straight games. Um, I think that warrants them to be in that bottom feeder category. Very good point. Oh, and I see that you finally included the Giants down your bottom feeder. About time. <laughs> well, I figure, you know, third string quarterback, Tommy DeVito, it's pretty much over for them at this point. Right. Um, and there we, from there we go on to the mediocre category. So who did you have in this tier? So I had seven teams in the mediocre this time around. And that is the Broncos, Commanders, Cardinals, Raiders, Jets, Falcons, Titans, and Steelers. And in the mediocre category, I had the Saints, Chargers, Falcons, Cardinals, Raiders, and the Titans. So I'm interested um, with your thoughts on the Denver Broncos here. After we saw them put up an impressive run, beating some very good teams and playing some very solid football. Now, we did see them uh, lose to the Texans this week, but do you not think that that nice extended run of good football warrants them to be at least in the fringe category? In my personal opinion, I don't. I think they're a little bit overinflated. They did have some nice wins, but overall, I think they're going to regress to the mean. I think we all know how bad their defense really can be, and I have my doubts that Russell Wilson can really propel that offense to be much of anything. So I really just find them to be a little bit lower than the teams I have in the fringe. And I would tend to agree with that. I, I think the hype of the Broncos' run was a little bit too high. And the fact that people were saying, look at Russell Wilson, you know, 20 touchdowns, four picks. It's like, yeah, but he was playing extremely safe football, low yardage numbers in all of those games. And it just feel, it felt like Sean Payton was doing his best to work around Russell Wilson instead of leaning into his talents. But that being said, I still think that they're a, a well-coached team, despite uh, Peyton's earlier clownery. And they have a, quite an easy schedule left, facing the Chargers twice, Patriots and the Raiders. So I think they'll be able to gain some more momentum and, and pro- probably sneak into the playoffs here with like a 10-7 record. So I think that warrants them to be kind of a, a frisky fringe team. All right. But I definitely see your point there. I, I People are far too high on the Broncos. Uh, but also I would like to touch on a house favorite, the Pittsburgh Steelers. 
So they fired Matt Canada and their offense looked immediately better. And yes, you have them in the mediocre category, just like last time. What What is your process there? If they were able to withstand a little bit of offensive production, I definitely would have put them in the fringe. And honestly, I was teetering between fringe and mediocre for them. But with the loss of Kenny Pickett, thrusting Mitch Trubisky back into the home again, and as well as still having a pretty poor output versus the Cardinals, who are not a very good team at all, I, I think still seems to put my point forward that I think that the Steelers are mediocre. Well, even though they had a poor output against the Cardinals, they actually outgained them in that game, which is something they weren't able to do with Matt Canada. But I do, I do think that Mitch Trubisky is definitely a downgrade from Kenny Pickett. Um, but now I would think that you would think that wouldn't matter as much because you're kind of low on Kenny Pickett. Yes, that's correct. So you think, like, how big of a gap do you think that there's going to be between the, these two quarterbacks? I, I don't know if that's necessarily a lot. Uh, Trubisky just tends to be a little bit more turnover-prone than Pickett is. Yeah, I would agree with that. But also maybe gives you some more big play opportunities. But I think that they, they definitely are a fringe team at this point. I mean, you look where, at who they've beaten and, and the kind of the, the tough the toughness that they provide against any team that you're going to play. And no team really wants to play the Steelers. They're going to get bruised and they're going to get beat up. And they play really tough, especially against their division opponents. Also have a fairly favorable schedule here. And, of course, the best coach team in the league, in my opinion. So all of that, for me, is, is a fringe category um, tier team for me. When you score more than 16 points, call me. <laughs> All right. We're, we're going to do it next week. Guarantee it. Guaranteed. All oh, the Patriots, they haven't allowed more than 10 points in three straight games. That's that's true. That's true. But at some point, you, it's got to give way. That offense cannot stay on the field for any length of time. Yes. And then from there, we go on to the fringe category. And Scott, who did you have in this tier? So in the French category, I have 10 teams, which are the Seahawks, Chargers, Rams, Packers, Texans, Buccaneers, Browns, Vikings, Colts, Saints, and Bengals. Interesting. And I had 10 teams as well in the French category, which included the Steelers, the Bills, Seahawks, Rams, the Broncos, Vikings, Packers, Colts, Buccaneers, and Bengals. So, for me, the first thing that pops out to me is seeing the Bills down here. So, what do you believe warrants them being in the fringe over maybe the midweights? So, the Bills really have not impressed me at all this year. I mean, they are really just a glorified Cowboys team that hasn't really beaten anyone of note and has crumpled against the good teams in the league. And the Bills team, I know they have a lot of potential, and coming off the bye, I, I still like their odds of being able to go on an extended maybe winning streak. But I have yet to see. I thought that was going to happen at several points in the year. I thought that, oh, this is the week they're going to get back on board. How many times did we say that? You know, coming off the Jaguars loss, we thought they were going to get back on track against the Giants, but they did. Then we thought they were going to get track on, uh, back on track against the Patriots, and they didn't. And then the Buccaneers, and they didn't. And then the Bengals, and they didn't. You know, and it just kept happening over and over. And at some point... I think you just have to say that like this is not the year for them. Well, I, I tend to disagree because they did beat Miami and want them pretty well. Right, but after that, it, it just... And, and they should have beaten the Eagles as well, in my opinion. They had a much better offensive game than the Eagles did. So while they are, they definitely have had their share of struggles. 
I think that the, there still are definitely a tier above the Friends, even though they are in danger of missing the playoffs. I can see that. I can see the logic for that, just because of the danger that we know that they can provide. They've, but, still, they've still been top five in points scored in both offense and defense this year. Even though we do know their defense is suspect, but we know the potential of the offense. Um, and I would also like to highlight here the Houston Texans. I think we can both agree that this is a really fun team to watch. And maybe, I think for me, the biggest surprise in the year. I mean, what a story for the Texans here. Yeah, absolutely. But for me, I think that Houston belongs more in the fringe rather than that, the midways. They've played so many close games that I feel like it could have easily flipped the other way. There's so many games of theirs that kept coming down to the final play. I mean, good for them for winning them. But still, I feel like they're, they're, not a, they're far from a perfect team. They're still talent depleted. And I think they could run into issues farther down the line, especially now with the injury of Tank Dell. Yes, that definitely is a hit to them. He was producing really well. But C.J. Stroud has played, in my opinion, the best football from a quarterback that we've seen. Like this is one of the more under-talented teams, and we think Dallas is certainly a good player. I'm not trying to discredit any of their players or in what they've done, but this is a team that we like. We looked at these receivers, we looked at this roster, and we thought, eh, like this is going to be a bad team. And C.J. Stroud has completely elevated this team, so I don't think that that's going to play a huge part into their production. And for them to be the the team that they are and pull out the games that they have pulled out is absolutely incredible. There are two missed field goals away from being from leading this division. If they had beaten Jacksonville, they would be in first place in this division. And they have an absolute, you talk about cakewalk, Jets, Titans twice. I mean, that's three wins right there. Most likely, they're going to win those three. Then they have the Browns, who are reeling with their, what, fourth-string quarterback, and then they finish out with Colts. So this is a team that is really fun to watch. They're explosive on offense, and they have, in my opinion right now, the quarterback that's playing the best football in the league. So you talk about teams that, you know, in the Bills that we feel like they're good, but they haven't showed us that they're good. The Texans have showed us that they can beat good teams. And so I'm going to give them the benefit of the doubt in this scenario. But uh, what good teams are you saying that they've beaten? They've beaten some some frisky teams here. Maybe not like the, the power of the NFL, but they've gotten some nice wins. I mean, they absolutely slaughtered Jacksonville. They slaughtered the Steelers. I mean, those are some quality teams. They beat the Bengals narrowly in a, in a game with Joe Burrow, and that was a game that the Bengals are coming off a really nice win. And you, we all thought Bengals are back, and they go ahead and edge them after edging Baker Mayfield on the Buccaneers. So those are all solid wins. Those are, none of those teams are are, put, are pushovers. I mean, they haven't beaten like the Chiefs or the Eagles or the Niners, but they've beaten some solid teams, which is more than a lot of teams in the AFC, including the Bills, can say. All right. But I do agree with your skepti- I, I I see your skepticism, but I'm here to tell you, believe in the magic of momentum. Uh, <laughs> I thought this was not based on records. <laughs> <laughs> it's based on that and momentum. It's, no, vibes are a thing. We had good vibes, bad vibes. You gotta admit, Texans got some good vibes right now. You definitely have some good vibes. They got some good vibes. But I still think that I still hold them mature lower than my midway. That's fair. That's fair. I'm jumping the gun on it, but I think at the end you'll be we'll see that maybe I'll get Pick your spots. Right. All your teams. Right, right. And then we have the, I like to talk about the Cleveland Browns here as well. Um, on their four string quarterback with Joe Flacco here, and I see you have them in the fringe category. Um, 
And I would I would say that we're not going to talk about them yet because we have to read the midwits first. All right. And now we go on to the midweight category. And Scott, who do you have in this tier? Well, in the midweights category, I have six teams. And that is the Bills, the Chiefs, the Dolphins, the Jaguars, the Cowboys, and the Lions. And I also have six teams in the midweight category. And they include the Cowboys, the Lions, the Jags, the Browns, the Dolphins, and the Texans, who we just talked about. So what stands out to me here, um, besides we are, you know, the Chiefs being there, we'll get to that in a second, is the Browns. Having them, you know, I had them in the midway category, you had them in the fringe. So I'd like to talk about why you think they are a fringe team. Their offense has just been so not there this year. I mean, they've got a little bit of life with Flacco, which maybe gives them some hope. Actually, hold a load of hope for that. But their offense has been pretty bad overall this year. And they're coming off probably their worst two defensive games of the year. And that's really been the thing that's popped them up more than anything was their absolutely historic starts of the year defensively. And if that isn't there for them, they're floundering to me. And it could I think I end up finding themselves even lower by the end of the year. Yeah, I'm, I definitely see that logic. The defense, it does appear to be faltering because it, I think it's kind of a complimentary thing. You know, when the offense isn't doing much, the defense starts to uh, lose what energy they, they may have had. But I would argue this, and, and I would be interested, what tier do you have them when we last did these tiers? I believe uh, you had them higher. I had them in the midway last time, but that was with Watson because I liked the potential of Watson with that offense. Okay, well, okay, I'm glad you said potential because... At that point, they were like the worst quarterback team in the league, and you still had them in midweights. But you thought you, the reason why is because you thought they could be something more. Correct. But even still, I think Joe Flacco. I mean, the performance, even the performance he had last week, coming off the practice squad and recently signed, it was still better than pretty much any quarterback performance we've seen for the Browns all year, including Watson's, except for that Ravens game. So I think that even just serviceable quarterback play, and I think Flacco can give you more than serviceable. And I mean, he looked pretty sharp against you know a Rams team that is no pushover in their own building. And I think that the Browns team is very good. The defense is still very good. I'm, I'm, not, I'm not saying that they're you know schmucks anymore. I think it's just more of a product of the momentum of the team. I think Flacco can give this team a real spark. And I think the Browns, I was ready to crown them kings of the AFC when they beat the Ravens. But, of course, Watson getting hurt ruined that. But I still think they have the roster to do it. And I truly believe in this Brown team. I, I think they can certainly win a couple playoff games with Flacco. I, you know, I, I'd more, I would more realistically see them missing the playoffs than winning a playoff game. Really? Yes. Wow. Who do you think would top them in the, the AFC playoff race? Well, you do have Houston, uh, Houston Indianapolis, and Buffalo all dialing around there at the bottom, as well as Denver. I think you had talked about Denver possibly jumping. And when I look at Cleveland's schedule, they do play, let's see who they have. They have got the Jaguars, they got the Texans, they got the Jets, the Bengals, and the Bears to finish out the season. I mean, there's an interesting group here. So say, you could get a little lucky versus the Jaguars if they are without Lawrence. Yes. But like I said, Texans are a decent team. And the Jets also have a good defense. That could be a slugfest. And then you never know what it could be with Cincinnati by the end. Chicago's definitely an easy game. Yeah. Jets could be winnable if you have a, if you continue some kind of output with that offense. 
but yeah, I'd more realistically see the Browns miss the playoffs than win a game. In well, the I think that the key game in their schedule is going to be against the Texans, and maybe who whoever wins that, that might be who like the winner makes it, the loser misses it. Yeah, like that's a pretty big game. So we'll have to wait and see what happens there. But I'd also like to go with the Kansas City Chiefs, who you have conspicuously tucked away in the midweight category. So what is your reasoning for having them there? That's where they belong. And they're they're not a heavyweight team. I, I don't look at that team and see a heavyweight team. You must just have your past goggles on there because they have not been that good this year. So, in Patrick Mahomes' career, the Chiefs had had six points in his first six games in his first five seasons where they scored twenty or less points. That's happened in six games this year where they scored twenty or less points. Their offense is not as good as it's been. Don't get me wrong, Mahomes is the best quarterback, but that offense is holding them back so much. Like they're not untouchable anymore. To me, they're not a heavyweight team. They are just as much in the same tier for me as teams like Miami and Buffalo. Like, they're, they're not separating themselves for me. They lost to Philly. They've now lost to Green Bay. They lost to Denver just a couple of weeks ago. That doesn't scream heavyweight to me at all. I mean, the Chiefs, though, like, you say past goggles, but, I mean, they won Super Bowl this year. The Rams won the Super Bowl a year ago, and they missed the playoffs. Right, but this team has youth on it. This team has has spark, and they're still they've beaten they've they've shown ability to still pull out games despite their offensive weaknesses. And I think they're just kind of in a bit of a slump right now. And I think it would be foolish to to write off certainly the best maybe the best offensive coach in the league and the best quarterback in the league and the best tight end in the league as just being on the same level as teams such as like the the Bills and the, the Dolphins who have who have shown a complete inability to beat any good teams this year, and the Jaguars, who the Chiefs have, have beaten. I mean, if the Chiefs beat the Bills, they'll have beaten three of the teams that supposedly you think are, are midweights in the, the Bills, Dolphins, and Jaguars. Right. And do, so do you think that maybe the Chiefs can pull themselves out? of like What, what would have to happen, I guess, for the Chiefs to, to, in your estimation, pull out of this midway? Yeah, I think certainly beating the Bills, and at least by a good clip, and finishing the season stronger. Like getting this offense together because it hasn't been. There were three straight games there. They were shut out in the second half. And to me, that's not a heavyweight team. So I'm not saying that they're a particularly bad team. I think they're a good team. And they're going to belong in the playoffs, but they're certainly lower. They're, they're not heavyweight. They're nowhere near untouchable. I would, I, 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 look, I can't argue too much because I hear all the things you're saying. Their resume is not Im- impressive. But once again, I'm going with a kind of a projection here. I think they're going to be able to pick it up. I think Patrick Mahomes is too good to write off. And they're going to get this offense going right now. I think Rasheed Rice is starting to come out and starting to be that next guy that you can depend on. We obviously know what Pacheco can do. So I'm looking forward to see the Chiefs um, being kind of underdogs. It's something we really haven't seen from them before. And I'd like them to know that. Yeah. And from there, we go on to the heavyweight category. And who did you have in this tier? Well, in the heavyweight category, I had three teams. And that is the 49ers, the Ravens, and the Eagles. And in the heavyweight category, I had four teams. The 49ers, the Eagles, the Chiefs, and the Ravens. So notably here, again, you excluded the Chiefs. But I want to talk a little bit about the Ravens. 
in this. So, in my mind, the two best teams clearly are the 49ers and the Eagles right now. And I don't know. I almost thought about adding like a mini tier because those two teams, in my opinion, are just above the pack right now. Because when I look at the Ravens, I was very reluctant to put them in this category. Uh, I almost felt a similar to you, except for the fact that I thought that the 49ers were alone and that I almost wanted to drop the Eagles to the midway. Mm, yeah. That 49ers team is, it, when they're rolling, when they are when they are able to implement their game plan, they are unstoppable. But when they are, the thing that gets me just a little bit of pause is when they're knocked off the game plan. So for three weeks, it looks like they got punched in the mouth and they were unable to claw back from that. And I worry about their fourth quarter tendencies to, you know, if they enter it losing, it can, do we really trust Brock Purdy to take the team on his back and carry them out to a win in the playoffs? Whereas we know when things aren't going right for the Eagles, we know that they can do that. And we know that Jalen Hurts can do that. Well, the thing is about the Eagles is they've been being outplayed. So for me, when we talk about this not being representative of record or power rankings that's perfect for me for the Eagles because while I do have the 49ers and the Eagles in the same tier because I think the Eagles are slightly better than teams like in the midway like I said they were teetering for me between those I think there is a definite gap between the 49ers and the Eagles as was just referenced this week in their game yeah but don't you think some of that could be a product of the, the 49ers being really hungry for revenge and the Eagles coming off this just brutal slate of tough team after tough team Slightly, but I still think the 49ers are definitely a better team either way. And but, do you think both of them dwarf the Ravens here? I find the Eagles and the Ravens to be similar. I'd have a hard time really saying which one's better. If I had, if I had to pick, I'm, maybe I'd say the Eagles are slightly better than the Ravens, but I find them to be pretty similar to where I view them currently. I mean, I would, I would sort of agree with that. It's just I think I trust Jalen Hurts much more than Lamar Jackson because Jackson has not proven to me at all that he could be a clutch in the, in the playoffs. But I would also say that, I mean, if you look at the total offensive stats for the year, and we're talking about the Ravens, they are barely ahead of the Chiefs in yards per game. Only only four yards, or less than four yards per game ahead of the Chiefs. And so with... The, the Ravens' best offensive playmaker in Mark Andrews being out for the year, what really, I'm just, like, the Chiefs' defense is comparable to the Ravens, and the offense, Lamar Jackson not playing very well this year. I mean, who do the Ravens have that the Chiefs don't, and what advantages do they have over the Chiefs? Because I'm just not seeing them being an entirely different caliber of team than Kansas City. Well, I'm looking at the amount of points these teams scored every every week. One, two, three, there are five weeks in a row that the Ravens scored over 30 points, snapped just week, just last week before their bye against the Chargers. So I think they've certainly been higher caliber than the Chiefs in that range, but I do like the Ravens wide receiver core more than I do the Chiefs. I think that could change if some of the Chiefs' younger guys started to develop, but I do like the Ravens wide receiver core more. But I, I think the Chiefs have the single best receiver out of the group in Rasheed Rice. I find him comparable with Zay Flowers. I mean, they, they are close. I mean, Flowers has the edge in yards. Rasheed Rice has the edge in, in average and touchdowns. 
But then you also had the fact that Mark Andrews is out, and the Chiefs have Travis Kelsey, and the Ravens don't. So if they go head-to-head in the playoffs, you got, like, just imagine a Ravens-Chiefs playoffs game. Like, who do we got? We got Jackson versus Mahomes, both of them not playing all that well. We got Kelsey and Rice as Mahomes playmakers. For the Ravens, they have Beckham and Flowers. Like, I think I'm going to go with Kelsey and Rice. And then the coaching side, we have Andy Reid, who has won several Super Bowls at this point, or a couple Super Bowls, and Harbaugh, who only Super Bowl was a decade ago. I feel like I would still trust, even now, I would still trust the, trust the Chiefs more than the Ravens in that spot. Myself, uh, we just must differ quite a bit on that wide receiver. I, I just like the depth of Baltimore is much better, with, with Aguilar and Bateman as well. I guess so. They do have some, some nice guys there, some nice names, but I really have yet to see what I've wanted to see from them at this point. I mean, all that's being said, I still think they're heavyweight, and I, I think they deserve to be in that heavyweight category, and I certainly don't think that they'll finish last in the division anymore, um, not just due to the injuries, but due to what they've shown. But I guess we'll have to wait and see okay. what happens. Very interesting scenario you brought up there. I did like that. Yeah. All right, and that concludes our NFL quarterly tiers. We'll be doing it once more before the playoffs starts. And we always look forward to the quarterly tiers. Gives us a nice chance to talk about some teams that we don't usually get to talk to talk about. And then from there, we go on to the NFL game picks for week 14. And we started off with a beautiful Thursday night game between the New England Patriots and the Pittsburgh Steelers featuring TJ Watts and Bill Belichick. So who's going to win this clash of the Titans? I have the Steelers winning this one. <laughs> and I do as well. you got to love that Belichick graphic. Oh, that's so funny. But get out of here with the, the Amazon Prime commercial. Two perennial AFC powerhouse teams on Thursday Night Football. Get out of here with that commercial. <laughs> they are no longer perennial. Not, not in any world. You know, 10, 15 years ago, maybe. <laughs> Splash from the past. Like th- This game, guarantee you this game is going to be so boring that they are going to pump in graphic upon graphic, highlight upon highlight of Ben Roethlisberger versus Tom Brady. You know, We're going to have Bradshaw highlights, Drew Bledsoe. The rivalries, like the, 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 they're going to try to as much as possible take the focus away from this atro- like atrocious matchup. Yeah, and the Patriots, like I had mentioned earlier, just one of the absolute greatest jobs I've ever seen. The Patriots are the first team since 1938 to lose three straight games, all with ten or fewer points allowed. That is absolutely insanity. So for me, I refuse. This is kind of my theory. I don't think Belichick is that awful of a coach to where that they're going to do that. I think this is a designed tank, old-fashioned style tank, to claim Caleb Williams. I don't think, because if Belichick wanted to stay here, I mean, this there's no way he would. he's this bad of a coach. I know we could say maybe he's not as good of a coach as, as some people made him out to be, and he's nothing without Brady, but he's not this bad. I think this is kind of a coordinated attempt. You know, him and Robert Kraft got together, and they said, we're going to tank. We need to sell to our fans that Mac Jones, Mac Jones is terrible, so we're all ready to draft Caleb Williams. Oh, conspiracies. I, just don't, think, I don't think they're that bad to be able to be too intent in, in, in this fashion. Huh? Well, uh, interesting theory. Yeah, interesting. I don't know. I, that's just my theory on it. Um, Steelers, though, 
They're going to have to win these winnable games if they want to have a shot at the playoffs here with Mr. Trubisky at the helm. Absolutely. And from there, you got the Tampa Bay Buccaneers taking on the Atlanta Falcons in a battle of the NFC South. Who will win the game? I have the Buccaneers winning this one. And I would have to agree. I think Atlanta's being a little inflated for some reason right now. Yeah. I don't know why. They'll come back. Because they're one of those teams that's grinding out wins right now. Like, they somehow beat the Saints. And they beat the Jets with Tim Boyle. Uh, I just think the Buccaneers are a better team. Yeah, I think I am, like, 0-12 picking the Falcons this year. Like, <laughs> they are so, like, they're just so unpredictable. It feels like when they win, it's never a good win. It's always just like, whoa, Falcons won. Like, how did they do that? You know, it's, like, it's never like, whoa, look, Falcons. It's like, no. There's, like, one time we're like, oh, they think you can do this. Maybe they're – no, that Ritter yeah. is not good. I, I just – I'm so confused by, like, how they don't use the, the their dudes on the team. They got some dudes. They just don't seem to properly utilize them. And like you said, Ritter just – they'll have at least, like, like three or four moments in the game where you're just like, oh, my gosh. Like, no, don't do that. So I, I just – and the Buccaneers are, are very frustrating as well. And a team that I think really has an opportunity to seize this division and take it by the horns. They just really have been unable to gain any momentum and just barely edging out a terrible Panthers team. But I, I do believe that the better quarterback will prevail in this game, but I'd really like to see more from Tampa Bay. Yes. And from here you have a battle of the NFC North, the Detroit Lions taking on the Chicago Bears in a quick turnaround between these two games, face, or these two teams facing each other. Who do you have taking this game? I have the Lions winning this one. Yeah, I do as well. Although I think this could be a potential trap game. Uh, I disagree. I think that the Lions are going to come back and show you who they really are. I hope so, because I, I really am kind of pulling for the Lions. Oh, on one hand, I hope they I hope they do do that, because I really like this Lions team and Dan Campbell. On one hand, I hope they don't, because the Packers still have a shot to win this division. But uh, the Bears played this these Lions team close a couple weeks ago. Some would have said they should have won that game as it was kind of historic that they even lost them in the first place. So, I don't know. This is this is going to be an interesting one, I think. Yes. And then you got the Indianapolis Colts taking on the Cincinnati Bengals, and Jake Browning showing an impressive outing last week against the Jags. Colts going to overtime against the Titans. Who will win this game? I have the Colts winning this one. I'm going to take the Bengals here. I, I think the question of the week for everybody is, can Jake Browning – replicate the type of performance he had on Monday Night Football versus the Jaguars. Right. And I feel like you see a lot of quarterbacks, young guys, backups, come in and have a great game. But the, if the question is, can they replicate that? And many times the answer is no. But the Colts, it seems, I know we, they're pretty like decent, but it just seems weird that they would be 8-5. and five. And I think the, the Bengals have so much talent. I think we kind of forget. Like with Joe Burrow going down was such a huge thing. We kind of are like, oh, Bengals season's over. But they still have a ton of talent on the team. And, you know, if Jake Browning just does the right thing and doesn't make any mistakes, they, they have a shot to win this game. Yes. And from there, you got the Jacksonville Jaguars taking on the Cleveland Browns. And who do you have winning this game? Trevor Lawrence, questionable to start. I have the Jaguars winning this one. And I will take the Cleveland Browns pending Lawrence's availability. Yeah, this is a really interesting one to pick because of that. Yes. But I think the Jaguars could still have a chance, even if they don't have Lawrence. It could be a really interesting game you know, either way. So I would actually go on the opposite side. I, I think I'm picking this game as if Lawrence doesn't play, because I don't think he will. But I think the Browns have a chance, even if he does play. 
because I really liked what I saw from Flacco last week, and I think the Browns' defensive slump ends with this game regardless of who plays. If Lawrence plays, do you really want Trevor Lawrence banged up ankle against Miles Garrett and this Browns D-line? Like, I don't think that's a scenario you want to put him in. That's why I think they're going to sit him. But if they play him, I think he is going to be a shell here because Christian Kirk is not going to be playing for this game as well. So I think the Browns could could uh, boast a bit of an upset here. And from there, you got the Carolina Panthers taking on the New Orleans Saints, another team that is extremely frustrating and difficult to predict. Who do you think will win this game? I have the Saints winning this one. And I do as well. Yeah, the Saints certainly have been one of the most disappointing teams so far this year. You've had your chances to take your divisional lead. You've lost games to both Tampa Bay and the Falcons. So now they both have tiebreakers on you, and you're a game back of Atlanta now. Yeah. Just so many opportunities to take control of this really weak division, and no team seems to want it at this point. Every team is just kind of like, no, you take it. And then they pass the line. No, no, I don't want it. You take it. So it's like, I don't know who's going to be the one team to step up. Um, <laughs> the Saints, they're good enough to beat the Panthers, but... I'm not going to be convinced that they're a legitimate team in the NFC at all. Absolutely. And then you have the Houston Texans taking on the New York Jets, who are, I think they're going to be starting Zach Wilson, but who knows at this point. Who do you have winning this game? Are the Texans winning this one? And I do as well. Although I do believe the Jets have a better chance with Zach Wilson than whoever else that they're pulling out the street, they're Brett Griffin or yeah, whatever Simeon else. Yeah. Or Boyle, and who knows? Like, How about you have just... How about you do like quarters? Like Zach Wilson gets first quarter, Tim Boyle gets second quarter, Travis Simi take third, and then like Brees Hall is a wildcat for the fourth quarter. <laughs> like why not? I think this is like the second year in a row that the Jets have started three different quarterbacks. Yeah, just try anything at this point. Yeah, throw throw anything at the wall, see what sticks. Uh, but for the Texans, I want Stroud to make a run for the MVP. Like, go and throw for 400 yards in this game. Seriously, like, go and do it. Like, nobody, it, it, nobody really thinks that you are you can be a legitimate playoff contender. So I would just go, you're 7-5, you're having fun. Just have even more fun. Go lights out here. Do not have any mercy. I want to see CJ Stroud just go balls. Balls out. I'd love to see that. Yes. Uh, and then you got the LA Rams taking on the Baltimore Ravens. And, Scott, who do you have taking this game? I have the Ravens winning this one. And I will go rogue and take the Los Angeles Rams to upset the Ravens here. Although Rams, two really nice offensive weeks right in a row. Yes. Stafford looking great, as well as Kyron Williams. 36 to 37 points. Pretty nice. Yeah. I mean, the one thing that I would still like to see is getting Cooper Cup a little bit more involved. He did have a touchdown, breaking his touchdown list streak last week. So I think that that's kind of the first step to getting him more in the mix here. And the Ravens coming off a bye. The Rams, like you said, building off some momentum. I do believe the time could be right for that long-awaited Ravens upset. And then you have the Minnesota Vikings taking on the Las Vegas Raiders. So who do you have winning this game? I have the Vikings winning this one. I do as well, but not confident in it at all. I would agree with that as well. Uh, I think we could definitely see a little bit better of a game from Josh Dobbs than the last time we saw him uh, with all those interceptions and fumbles versus the Bears. But still, yeah, it's a weird game where you feel like, uh, do I, I don't trust either of these teams at all. Yeah, <laughs> I really don't. 
And I don't particularly care to watch this one either. Yeah. <laughs> right. I hope Josh Dobbs can rekindle that magic, but it really looks like he was, uh, you know, spiraling downward. But I still think the Vikings, better coach team, more continuity over the Raiders here. And then you have the Seattle Seahawks taking on the 49ers, a second matchup between these teams in three weeks. Who takes this one? 49ers will win this one? Uh, I think so as well. Yeah, that's a blowout before, and uh, I think we could be up for a similar showing yet again. I would completely agree with that. 49ers seem to be pretty unstoppable at this point, going ruthlessly for that number one seed. All right, they've been some fans of the blowout, but they've still got a little bit of ground to catch, although they now have a tiebreaker on the Eagles. Yes. And then we got the Buffalo Bills taking on the Kansas City Chiefs. Always a fun game. Bills coming off a bye. Kansas City Chiefs coming off a rough loss. Who do you think takes this game? I had the Bills winning this one. And after all my talk on the tiers list, um, I will have the Bills winning this game. Oh, very interesting. Uh, why do you say that? So I think the time is right. The Bills coming off a bye last week or last year, I remember them just being like a completely dominant team. I think the Bills off a bye is just, just what they needed. They're really coming in stumbling. The Chiefs are still stumbling. Some people think they're going to be angry coming into this week, but I think the time is right. The Bills are a roller coaster of a team, just like their quarterback is a roller coaster. So I think the, the roller coaster hits high in this week. All right. And then you got the Denver Broncos taking on the LA Chargers. And who do you think wins this matchup? I have the Chargers winning this one. And I do have the Broncos here. Oh, well, I'm not really impressed with the Chargers' 6 nothing victory last week. <laughs> Oh, and the Chargers, I was just mad at them. Yeah. For a book, or maybe more mad at myself for betting the Chargers spread and bumping it up to six and a half and watching the six sit on the board the entire game, being like, can you not get a damn field goal so I can win this? Oh, that's rough. That is rough. Did you watch that game? No, I did not watch oh, it. I had other games okay. on, but I was just watching the scoreboard the entire time. All right, yeah. I was going to say, like, if you watch that, oh, my gosh. Like, I would feel so bad. You're entitled to a financial compensation if you watch that game. <laughs> yes. Um, yeah, but Broncos right now just playing a little bit better than the Chargers, I think. Um, just, yeah, I really have nothing else to say. Just Chargers just make me miserable. So I'll take the Broncos. Then you got the best game of the week, the Philadelphia Eagles and the Dallas Cowboys. Last two, last time these two teams faced, it was very close, coming down to some key misses by the Cowboys. Who do you think wins this one? I have the Cowboys winning this one. And I will concur. Interesting that you're picking the Cowboys well. I, I think the Cowboys are going to be out for some revenge here. They think they got gypped in this last game. Some calls that went against them, some bad luck. But I think they really want to go out there and prove, hey, we can still be in this divisional race. Yes, and I actually picked the Dallas Cowboys to win the division at the beginning of the year. And I sat and watched as the Eagles, you know, kind of dominated and the Cowboys kind of failing to be good teams. But amazingly, after all this, if the Cowboys win this game, they are ahead of the Eagles in the division. So that is pretty incredible, barring some other games go, go right, of course. Um, in the conference, but there, there could, there is a chance that the Cowboys, after this week, if they beat the Eagles, aren't first in the division. So, big game, obviously, two huge division rivals. Can't wait to see this one. For sure. 
And then you got the Tennessee Titans taking on the Miami Dolphins. And who will win this game? I have the Dolphins winning this one. I do as well, and I think we could see another blowout here. Eight ball says yes. Yes. <laughs> I, I think they what? I, you marked your words that they were going to blow out the Jets, and they did. And then I said that it could be another double-digit um, win, and they won by 30. So do they win? Can, so they won by 20, 30. Can they win by 40? Oh, they, they did hang 70 earlier in the year. Yeah. <laughs> not out of the question. <laughs> right. Hmm. No, I'm not going to do it. Gonna do it. <laughs> but they could. You never know with the Dolphins. And finally, on Monday Night Football, a real barn burner here, the Packers against the Giants. So I'm loving the Packers' momentum here. I will take them to win. I think this game will not be close. Yes, and uh, as the playoff hype train will keep on chugging, I will agree. Yes. The one thing I want to see from the Packers here is a true blowout. Haven't really seen that from them this year. Uh, I guess you could say the Rams game 20-3 to was a blowout, but I want to see a high-scoring blowout. I want to see them crack 30 points here against the Giants. For sure. And now we go on to the underdog locks of the week. So last week, Scott went with the Jets, and they fell to the Falcons, bringing his underdog lock record to 3-9 and nine on the year. And I picked the Packers to beat the Chiefs and was correct, bringing my record up to 2-10. and 10. So as you can see, we are very, very automatic with these underdog locks. And, Scott, who is your, going to be your next lock? Well, this week, my underdog lock of the week is going to be the Jacksonville Jaguars. Oh, very nice. Over the Cleveland Browns. Yeah. Yes, correct. So, barring, even if Lawrence doesn't play. I think it could be a sneaky game for them because uh, I think the Browns' offense has been so untrustworthy lately. They've been a little bit lower. So, we'll see what we can get from Flacco this week because the Jaguars had had a top-10 defense throughout most of the year here. And very good against the run, too, which is obviously really all the Browns have as a constant. For sure. So I do I do like that pick, despite going against it in the game picks. But I, for my underdog, I'll have to go with the Cincinnati Bengals as one-point underdogs at home. Um, so Jake Browning, I really liked what I saw from him. The fact that the Bengals have home field advantage. The Colts uh, playing a little bit better than I think their actual talent level is. So I'll take the Bengals here against the Indianapolis Colts. Yeah, I like that pick. Good for you. But I kind of want to stay away from that game myself. Yeah, yeah, I could see that. I could see that. You never know what you're going to get from a backup. And from there, we'll transition into Rob's fantasy starts and sits of the week. So let's check in and see how we did last week. And last week, following a couple of really hot weeks, was a bit of a step in the wrong direction, but still not a terrible week. So I told you to start Jordan Love at quarterback, and he ended up finishing as the number seven quarterback. Having a nice day, 267 yards, three touchdowns. And then I told you to start Najee Harris for the Pittsburgh Steelers. And that game was delayed twice. And he ended up being the running back number 22 with only 63 yards on the ground. So one hit, one miss for the start. And for the sits, I told you to sit Cooper Cup. He ended up finishing as the 23rd ranked receiver with only 39 yards. Did have a touchdown, though. And then Joe Mixon, I told you to sit. I really hope you didn't take that a voice because he finished as the number two running back with 68 yards on the ground, 49 yards in the air, and two touchdowns. So I'd say overall, two hits, two misses there, looking to get back on the hot streak that we came in with this week. And for my starts and sits this week, I will tell you to start Jake Ferguson, tight end for the Cowboys, facing the Eagles. So the Eagles are 30th in passing yards per game. 
giving up the 19th most points against tight ends this year in fantasy. Ferguson has been underrated all year and has been having a nice season with the Cowboys kind of quietly. He also had his biggest game against the Eagles this year in fantasy, and he's also coming off a nice game against the Seahawks last week. I would also tell you to start Gabe Davis of the Buffalo Bills against the Kansas City Chiefs. So Davis famously had the 200-yard and four-touchdown game against the Chiefs in the playoffs. Also had a very nice game against the Chiefs last year with 74 yards and a touchdown. So I think the Bills are in a really nice spot coming off the bye. And like I said, I think this is time for the Bills to really put some offensive power on the Chiefs' defense. Start Gabe Davis. I would say sit Adam Thielen of the Carolina Panthers facing the Saints. The Saints are fourth best against wide receivers this year, and Thielen has not had a single good game since the firing of Frank Reich. I mean, he's had, in the last two games, only four catches and 27 yards total. So, really riding a cold streak, sit Adam Thielen. I would also say sit Tony Pollard of the Cowboys facing the Eagles. The Eagles are first against running backs, and the last time that Pollard faced the Eagles was his fourth lowest yard total at 51 and his fourth lowest fantasy game. This is going to be a game of Dak Prescott versus Jalen Hurts, a high-scoring passing game, so I wouldn't ride with Pollard in this one. I like it. And from there, we go on to Scott's parlay of the week. So, Scott, how did you do last week, and what do you have dialed up for this week? Well, we got back in the winning column last week with wins from the 49ers, Texans, and Colts. And now dialed up for this week, my parlay for week 14 is going to be the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, the Detroit Lions, and the Buffalo Bills. So getting a couple teams as underdogs here in the Buccaneers and the Bills. Bills obviously a very roller coaster, but still a decent number as underdog versus the Chiefs in a close game. And the Buccaneers I really like as underdogs versus Atlanta. Detroit getting a number that's really not too bad for their talent level. For what I believe versus a lowly Chicago team. So for this week, bet on the money line, Tampa Bay Buccaneers, the Detroit Lions, and the Buffalo Bills. Well, I like those picks very much. And you are doing quite well this year with those parlays. So definitely hop on that. And we thank you all so much for listening to the podcast. Feel free to like, follow, and subscribe. We are on all platforms. And we look forward to recapping all the games next week after what should be another exciting week of NFL action, the last week of bye weeks. And this has been Mark My Words Football Podcast with Rob. And Scott. And we are tuning in.